Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Today we're talking about things. My name is always T. Christie. I'm sitting here next to Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Darkman Scott. Hello. And Trading Amazing Stokes. Okay. Need to figure out a new intro for this thing now. Because it's like, yeah, I used to go yeah. right into our movie this week is, which was yeah. nice. That was easy. Because yeah. then you can just. good. It had a flow to it. It had a thing. I mean, I, I yeah, got it. Our topic down. this week is things. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> it's always going to end up being a thing where we discover what our point was at the end of it. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe people should think that we really, like, this is all scripted or something. No, we, we Maybe we a, should do the we intro at the end. <laughs> there you go. That's a great idea. A retro intro. That's a great idea. And then just cut it in. Be like, this week we're talking about blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. <laughs> Our topic was. Cool. <laughs> and then it sounds like we knew what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that for the next episode. That's going to happen. Or anyway. you could just, or you could just, you know, just, just do it blind. Just go, welcome to Down in Front. And my name is always C. Christie. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. you it know, just feels Mike like... Douglas comes out. He doesn't, you know, right. doesn't go. Today we're going to talk about Robert De Niro's hangnail. You know, that, that, that's an organic but thing. But he always comes. does. Anyway. He uh, doesn't talk about it anymore. In the last what couple show is this? Of, last yeah, couple Mike, Mike Douglas, who hasn't been on the air in 30 years. <laughs> last couple of weeks, uh, Christopher Nolan's kind of come out of the closet, one way or another, and said his Fact. opinions about the film versus digital. Uh, I don't he was in the film closet. Yeah, I think he's been saying that since. Well, yeah, forever. but he has, he's, he's, he hasn't been doing the kind of stuff he's been doing lately. Like this past couple of weeks, uh, he invited a bunch of big ass directors and also, like, you know, your A list and B list director camp. All over to like the DGA theater and showed them some of the Dark Knight Rises that was filmed in IMAX, and he kind of used it as an opportunity to. It was basically like a little workshop moment where he was like, <laughs> "Guys, seriously, we need to be vocal about our feelings about film." It was like he was selling condo timeshares. Exactly. Yes. It was like <laughs> yeah. it was like, okay, uh, you want to see the Dark Knight Rises? Okay, here's why I really brought you here. And it 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 kind of, it's it's hard to say it brought to the surface an argument that hasn't been made before, but it it he's a really big director coming out and saying. This is how it's going to roll. I would shoot every movie in IMAX if I could. I think IMAX is the best film, much less just normal film, much, 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 much less digital. And I'm not... The reason I wanted to talk about this is I've heard a lot of discussion about film versus digital and the pros and cons of both of them. I just don't understand why I'm supposed to have an allegiance. Because it, it's it come, when you read what he was saying to the director guys, obviously that's sort of a select group of people. It seems like he was of the opinion... You're supposed to pick a side, and you're supposed to pick film. I think he's well. I, I, I mean, for for me, my first reaction is, you know, I'm like, you know, Christopher Nolan. If you really think that it's because you shot on film that your movies are really good, you're selling yourself and your DP pretty short. I mean, you know, I I think you guys are talented enough that you'll do all right in digital. Um, so it's. Uh, I don't know. It, it, to me, it seems more like an emotional attachment than it anything is. for most of these people. Well, it, I agree it's, with that. It's, it's nostalgia. It's, this is what we grew up with, and we still think that what we grew up with is superior to the newfangled thing, so let's fight for uh, for what we grew up with. And it's the, the argument has always been, well, film is still just a superior image to digital. And for up until very recently, and you can still make an argument even now, that, that is true. That is the case, that digital... Image quality simply hasn't been uh, on par with film. But anybody who makes that argument never acknowledges the fact that digital keeps getting better and better. And right. if we haven't already, we're going to very soon reach the point where there is no difference in actual image quality. And then then you're left with nothing but the nostalgia argument of, oh, but it's, it's been around for so long. Yeah, it's like what Trey calls the creationist argument and other things. <laughs> it's like, well, we haven't figured it out yet, so we should just give up. Yeah, so we should not try <laughs> anymore. Is there any... Have any of you guys shot film? I, I, I have. I have. 
Darkman? No. And you have a red one. You're the enemy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're the problem. What is, what is the... Uh, I'm the solution, friends. <laughs> did you have any... He's did you have positive experiences with film? Brian, you shot your, your thesis film. film yeah. On uh, film. Which and, I was very happy to do because I... Uh, it looked great. It does look great. It, the image looks great. Um, the I shot that right around, right before the red one was first released, if I remember correctly. Um, it looks great. I mean, I didn't really. I was the director. I wasn't the DP or anything, and we didn't really have any of uh, 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 involvement in the really like nitty gritty technical aspect of that process. But even then, I was like, well, you know, this is great, but it's an economic argument. It's like okay, and what Nolan is doing is making trying to make an economical argument to his fellow filmmakers and say okay you guys have to we all have to stand together as a group and demand that we can still shoot film and we have the ability and the option to for the studios because otherwise the studios won't give us the option so we as influential filmmakers have to demand that uh and say it is worth the extra money um but the question is is it really? I don't think it is anymore. And I've heard it was weird because I was researching this and I was finding a bunch of articles that were written by a bunch of, uh, I'll say it, nobodies, um, <laughs> just like us. Hi. By <laughs> yeah. the way, anyone, if you happen to be a real person listening to this, you, <laughs> you've accidentally stumbled into the wrong podcast. This is not <laughs> us. But I, a bunch of people that just have blogs is what I mean. And they're like blogs from five or six years ago. So they're out of date with the, the technology they're talking about. But at the time, one of them even went so far as to say that film is cheaper to deal with. Which is true. Is at, it really? At, well, then it was at definitely now, true, yeah. It, because it's a, it's an infrastructure question. It's it, like, well, you still yeah. have to print a film, and you still have to ship the film cans to all the various theaters. But the, the, the main well, that's, point... Well, that's why studios are pushing for digital, because right. that makes their lives easier. Right. But as far it's, as like production, film... I mean, I'd, I'd like to see some numbers even today, but you know, film... There was 100 years of film development. I mean, we yeah. live in Hollywood. You go, I would like a film camera, please. And everyone goes, I have one here. Right. I will rent it to you. And, you know, especially now. Right now, if you want to shoot on film, Panavision's like, sure, yeah, take a camera. And Kodak is like, oh, fine. You want to buy some film? Please. We'd love in to fact, sell Kodak's you some like, film. like, would you like to buy one of our patents? What, yeah, what do you would, want? Would you like to buy the company? If you, you can <laughs> buy, if you want film, go right ahead. Um, so, so We'll give you a couple cans free. We'll, if you, yeah, well, if you buy the company, we'll throw in the film for free. That's, that's, that's how we do business here. The cans actually do come for free. Yeah. Uh, that was the very first thing I did out here. I like my very first thing. I had to go pick up like cans, film cans, and cores and bags. And the the line producer was like, "Yeah, just go to Photochem and, and pick them up." And it's literally just a dumpster out yeah. back that they just reuse. And I'm like, I just take. And they were, it was like had you know they were actual from actual did you shows. Feel a little ghetto, like you were dropping off a mattress or something. It was just, <laughs> it was just like so. It was such a great introduction to like how not by the book Hollywood is in any way <laughs> and like, unglamorous yeah I mean, to that point I mean when when Lucas was you know oh my god George Lucas is shooting the new Star Wars movies on digital that's that's crazy but only Lucas could afford to do such a wacky thing you know yeah. to actually have cameras custom built to shoot a feature on digital I mean only you know Lucas and you know Jim Cameron a few years later they, could they possibly can, invent yeah. something like that they're the that's, only ones that can afford to to put to in that R&D cost yeah. you know and and uh, you know Cameron Cameron also had a large part to do with driving the other the other argument for film is well you know uh, theaters have to switch over to digital and that's not a trivial thing mm -hmm. um that's been an ongoing thing you know like a few years ago it's like oh wow this is projected in digital that was a big deal now they don't even mention yeah. it anymore um so you know this it's 
the argument of film is still the standard is becoming less and less true. Right. And to the point where now it is debatable whether that is even true at all. Well, th- that's what I was saying earlier. Is the, the, the argument that film is, quote unquote, cheaper still is an infrastructure argument. The infrastructure has existed for 100 years to support film. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the process of swapping that infrastructure over and building new highways, you know, yeah. building once, new Once you have highways, built the infrastructure, digital, the, the digital makes more sense be, across the board. cheaper and will be much cheaper. It's but, just a matter of like, okay, and the, the art, that's what this article is talking about. It's like, okay, we're now in the process of swapping that over and it, the cost of that, so what are the costs of that? And it's like, well, once, it, once that project is done, then it's cheaper. Yeah, the right. LA Weekly article, I think the most compelling argument it makes, and it's not something that's going to stem the tidal wave, I don't think, but it says that probably it'll mean the, the loss of a lot of art theaters because yeah. they, you know, theater chains can go, all right, fine, we're going to invest in this, you know, because we're going to be going to be here for decades and we're going to invest in this new technology. But like the new art, which has been here since before I lived in Los Angeles, that yeah. shows, you know, rare, rare and, you know, interesting. Like when they found Metropolis all exactly. together, they you show know, that like, there. And, you know, like... well, you know, these little small art art houses can't necessarily afford to switch over to the big Right. Expensive digital systems, but at the same time, as as the LA Weekly article points out, studios don't even want to give you film anymore. They're like, "Oh, yeah. sure, you can rent Metropolis, but we're going to send you a hard drive. We're not sending you five hundred pounds of celluloid anymore. We don't do that." So they're you know they're they're on both ends. They're getting squeezed to their core business. You know, can't exist anymore in its former form. Now, something that I don't understand is the nostalgia, and I'm trying to figure out exactly where it's coming from. So let me ask you guys this question, because these guys are eschewing what is about to be a simpler workflow well, up until recently i will point out that it was it was a, it was legitimate to say film just in ge- like you, yeah. film was superior film was visually sure, sure, superior sure. but they're getting to the point where it's it's going to become an emotional yes a, a, a subjective opinion well it has been and it's getting to the point where that's the only argument that's the only left. argument well left. yeah i know I, once they one because i think like the last bastion for now is actually imax there is nothing equivalent yeah, in the digital there's no digital right. Right. imax yeah. um but once but they red get is working there, on it red is working on it so i guess we'll see it in about 20 years but <laughs> you catty well, red I think, owner I, you yeah. but <laughs> what i was gonna what i was gonna ask you have is a scarlet too now i bitch because i love um <laughs> what i was gonna ask is just suppose for the moment, we can control for all variables. Your whatever you're about to make, your little movie that you're about to make, a short or whatever. Uh, everything has been paid for. You can shoot on digital, you can shoot on a red or a 7D setup, or you can shoot on film. Everything's taken care for. Literally, pick one for free. Which one would you rather do? I mean, would you go to film? That well, that's I what would go film. I wouldn't because digital like intermediate stuff and color correction is easier and DIT and yeah. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, okay. So it ask me, ask me four years ago, I would have said film. Ask me now, I, I don't what's, see what's the happened point. in the last four years. Uh, just the ca- like the camera stuff, like Red and Alexa and and all these other cameras. I wouldn't do seven D. Seven D is kind of like that's a joke. But um, <laughs> in terms of like for serious, because it looks great, but then once you try and 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 it was the same thing with. Um, you know, it's you could color correct. you could shove you could shove a, a thirty five mil adapter on a DV camera and get the look, and it would look about right. The depth right. of field look. The depth of field look, and and just and if you knew how to light it, which most people who bought depth of field adapters not, but if you did, <laughs> conceivably, you could get it to look like it had been shot on film. If you just went straight from your DV tape to the screen, um, but. If you start trying to dig under the hood, if you want to do any color correction, if you want to do any visual effects, God help you, um, then then you're boned. Um, that used to be the case with with those kinds of things, but now you've and the seven D is better, but but 
it's still recording in a highly compressed space and stuff like that. So, but working with stuff like the Red, working with stuff like Alexa, it's like that. That data is there now. There are cameras that have that data and and get the same can get the same image quality if you've got the same competence level in your crew as shooting on film. So, so is I there don't a benefit beyond that. Huh? Just ease of ease of getting into the edit. I, mean, I, I don't see if, what, well, what other if, benefit if, you need. Like, why, well, why would well, you need to... what I'm saying to... is, if I'm controlling for all variables except for pick one, and you say, well, DV is just as good as... Or uh, digital is just as good as film. Well, are you saying... You're that... just saying that it's, it's equivalent, again. Are, are yeah. You, I, well, the well that, then, it could be, then it becomes just a, a question of preference. And from my per- position, I'm like, well, I never shot film, so and I can really. get something just as good. Right. So why? Why would I Brian, make why did you life say harder film? for me? Well, I, I understood your question to, to mean if everything is paid for... And I'm not paying for anything. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right yeah. now, you know, you're going to have to do the movie, so you're still going to have to be living in that environment, but it's all right. paid for. One is not cheaper or more expensive than the other. Do you go film From or your digital? personal wallet. Yeah, I, I would still go film, uh, personally. Um, Just because of the look? Because yeah, it makes you feel I, like I, a badass? I still think... The, the one argument that they make, and it is a it is a nostalgic kind of romantic argument, but I do still agree to a certain extent, is that there is some ineffable quality to the look of film that digital just doesn't capture and i think that is less and less true but i still think it's still i would you know mike was like well if it were four years ago i would do a film and i would probably go the other way and say oh if it's four years or even two years from now it wouldn't matter and i would go digital but i would i still think we we're in a small sliver of space where film has a little bit of uh extra quality or that ineffable quality that digital hasn't gotten. I, yet. I don't know. I don't sit there and watch the the uh, you know the social network a girl with dragon tattoo and go. This is just a little too effable for me. You know, it's like. <laughs> well, I think it's the realm. I think it's the realm of people who are you know, like Chris Nolan and DPs who are like, no, you don't. Don't you see? It's different. And it's like it is different, but you have to be a DP to see that it's yes. different. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's you know that's it's good that we have artists who who think on that level and and you know have better that, that meticulous have that about kind it. of yeah. eye. You know, they they talk about how you know that today that the you know the black level of, of digital is still not a black level like you would get in film and a highlight comes out differently than sure you know and and so it's it's a different look it's you know digital no matter how much it you know digital also no matter how much it approaches film still has a different look to those who are discerning enough to recognize that different look mm-hmm. at the same time digital is also something that people are becoming for, more familiar with five years ago i talked to a dp about a project and and uh, she said well we really should shoot this on film um because of the style we were shooting it's uh, it's not going to look as good on digital i think that argument probably is less valid now um i think she herself would probably go yeah we could probably do digital now um at the time her her specific concern was highlights because we're yeah. doing a very highlight show you know with a lot of you know very very a lot of blown out areas and she said on digital that's just going to make a big white blob and on film a highlight is is awesome right it fades but, off right but, and everything. Uh, you know digital is, i think it's probably those things are being handled better and better with every generation well, well part of it is moving like in in digital it would just clip the highlights exactly. and now they're getting to the point where they can go above one so exactly. to speak and so, hold the super white so i think there's does. still probably if you really really know your stuff there's still a discernible difference, and I'm sure Chris Nolan was probably, you know, talking about that sort of thing. Um, 
as to whether that's going to stem the avalanche, probably not. I mean, you know, there were people who people who said CDs were, oh, music sounds terrible on CDs, and that didn't work out for them. Because the quality either. is the ineffable yeah, quality of vinyl. Exactly, because yeah. vinyl, just that's how you listen to it. Now we're listening to it at 128 Exactly, now, like, like, uh-huh. now CDs are like that, but there's probably people who are going, you know, digital, you know, MP3, CD, you know, MP3 is a crap, CD is the only way to go, or... Or whatever. There and are to- is, there are totally people who there say are that people say because, that because MP3s drop certain frequencies that they swear <laughs> yeah. to God they yeah. can hear. <laughs> I, yeah, I swear to God. Even <laughs> though they're totally outside they the range. Yeah. Can hear. <laughs> so this, I mean, but this is an ongoing thing. So I think it's, I think it's, I mean, you know, it's a sh- vaudeville was a thing that you know had a whole rich history and culture to it, and, and at one go- point it, it was really viable. It was anymore. all there was, and now it's gone. And you know, and and radio drama, uh, yeah. you know, it's like there's one guy, you know, we're listening to him on the way over. There's one guy <laughs> who's sort of in in this kind of like, isn't that cool and retro that he still does a radio show every week with uh, you know radio drama, um, you know, just because of the nostalgia factor. But well, it's not the dominant I mean, thing that's anymore. The, that's the other thing about it. I don't think film will ever totally disappear, and it's I. The times for the art theaters like the New Art and the New Bev is going to get even tougher than it already is, which isn't to say it's not tougher than now. But it's not going to completely disappear in the same way that there are still radio dramas around. There is Prairie Home Companion, but there's also other stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was this, as far as an industry though that employs as, you know, many a, many people and is exactly, not formed unto itself. But it's not it's, going to be. Yeah. It's not going to be that. But I mean, it, you know, there's 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 the people who if the sky starts falling. And it always does in some industry or another. Once the sky starts falling, there's all these people who run around wailing and bemoaning how the sky is falling. And then there's other people who start making iron umbrellas and selling it to everybody else. <laughs> and they're the ones who, you know, succeed. And it's like, instead of sitting there, Kodak and these other uh, companies, feeling sorry for yourselves and going, no, just just stop. And then we'll be okay. It's like, how <laughs> yeah. about you take the steps to we get involved? Tr- because you, I mean, if you came out with a digital camera, we would trust you because yeah. well, you're to code be fair. Well, they, they tried. Okay, yeah. Digital, yeah. Hang on. On you know. on, uh, on the movie I worked in in Nicaragua, they they had a product placement thing with like this Kodak's version of this, the little flip camera. It was Kodak's version of that, and it was. Oh yeah, I, had, <laughs> I, I had to deal with because you know I had to get footage on it or something. And it was the most hard piece of yeah. crap I've ever had to work but, with in but my life. But I mean, to be I've fair, I've had a pretty I mean, hard they, piece of crap once or twice. Too. They yeah. invented. I mean, they invented the Cineon format, the DPX format that Kodak? we now use, is based off of yeah. Cineon. Yeah, really? Kodak. Um, and those with, are some of the their... patents they're selling now, right? Yeah, yeah. probably. But um, Pixar is going to buy DPXs. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> but, I, but, but now they won't we have... know how to promote them. <laughs> <laughs> now we have OpenEXR <laughs> and stuff like that, but. Uh, I mean, you know, people are running around. Last time we had a film versus digital, or last time we referenced one, I can't remember what commentary it was on or intermission. I made a really snarky comment about horses and buggies. But it's, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, look, you know, I'm sure when cars started coming out, people were like, think of all the industries, the people who make the oats and the people who pack the oats and the people who scrape the shit off the streets. And all all of them will be out of jobs. But it's like, but this other industry is creating new jobs. So how about you, you either... Go, you know, learn how to do these new jobs or create new yeah, jobs. I'm, Think of new things to do in this industry. I'm hanging on to my crying. slide rule stock because I know yeah. that's going to bounce back someday. <laughs> I just know it is. Trey, where would you go on the control for all variables? What do you want to shoot on question? I, you know, I, as much as I'd like to be the guy who goes, you know, well, you know, I'll shoot on film because there's something kind of, there's something kind of fun on film. That's a, a, about the whole process of film that I'm always fascinated by. Just that stems from, 
me wanting to get into the movie industry to begin with. There's that whole sort of it's weird the nostalgia arc- quality. Well, that's this that arcane. That's to me. That's how it is when you make a movie. Is you know, there's that guy who comes running in. He goes to the little black box and he has to do the alchemy in there, and you know, can't let any light in. And it's there's a whole sort of secret society to it. And now it's like, no, you just take this hard drive card and you shove it in. And and even though a lot of the process is the same, because the the camera AC has become the DIT guy, yeah. who's you know, instead of putting rolls of film into a metal can to send to the lab, he's now downloading he's it to a laptop. Yeah. It's the same kind of job. <clears throat> that whole process of um, how you how the day goes when you're on, you know, that most of my experience that, that has been with film um, in terms of big movies that I worked on in terms of my own experience, it's always been digital, you know, since film school, the last time I shot anything on film was when I was in film school. Um, I have to say that the whole time, uh, even though I have shot stuff on film, I was never particularly adept at being a DP, um, nor did I ever try to be. Uh, whenever I was had to shoot on film, I would just sort of kind of like, all right, who's going to do this? Squint my eyes and kind of go, oh god, because the thing that always scared the, the thing that makes, I think what what makes being a DP itself is is now going to become more of a lost art than anything else, and that mm-hmm. I do bemoan that just from a nostalgia factor. Is I was to this day, I'm amazed that you know a DP like sets up lights and sets the exposure and then kind of goes boy i hope this works yeah because yeah. you don't know what you're getting until you like see it the next day and yeah. that's like you know that an entire industry runs on that was always fascinating to me and i was always you know like that's that's the ballsiest job in the movie is the dp is like are you sure oh yeah oh yeah well, all the numbers seem to match it's gonna so. look awesome tomorrow and then you know it's like and then does it a really good dp it's like i don't know how you did that but by god it came out and now that that whole guesswork is obviously completely eliminated right. you know yeah. that which which is why in Wait, film so school I had no interest in being a DP. As, as a filmmaker, I, I you know, as a shoulders. filmmaker, I'm glad that I said, okay, we know exactly what it looks like, and not only do we know what it looks like, but we have far better tools to change the way it looks anyway. Um, so we're not nearly as locked into what we got on the set. Um, that's there's an argument that takes away that says that that's changing the whole nature of film, and that film is supposed to be a little more spontaneous, a little more. Yeah, that seems a little dark. What do you want? It's an art form. It's not like you know we're not. It's not science we're doing here. And now everything can be controlled and, and manipulated. And it's the same argument that was made against digital editing. The digital editing, nonlinear editing, made editing so much easier that people just started to edit lots of things. You know, just yeah. edit like crazy. As opposed and there to, wasn't as much discipline If we legalize required. editing, everyone's going to do exactly. it. Exactly. So you watch an older film and you go, wow, this feels really slow. And that's because, well, it was, you know, it was harder to make 57 edits per minute. Right. Physically yeah. harder and to there's, do that. And you watch old movies. Like I watched Tootsie recently. Not super recently, but you know, within the last few months, I'd never actually seen it before. Um, but you see this happen in a lot of uh, like seventies, eighties movies, especially, uh, and and it's especially interesting in comedies because the the pacing yeah. is so specific. Um, there was some scene where like the punchline to the scene came, and then it like cut immediately, <laughs> and I was like, "That's you know, you you yeah, normally I know what you're talking that, about. I've seen that too. You give that a little space to breathe, but it's like they that's just what they." got and i'm you know you can't dick around with it and be like well i just need to give it that little extra moment it's like that was the cut we made and we made it and that's just how it is so i i completely agree with that and the la weekly article made a really good point on that to to that effect um i mean it it couched it in like the the emotional oh what was us terms where it's like oh you know it 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 used to be really hard and special and now everyone can do it and and you know the snooty snooty but at the same time it does also make the point about discipline um where it's like because it's so easy people are just like this lit right yeah all right but 
You don't even have to light if you're shooting on a red, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We don't even do that anymore. The 7D is just available light. It looks awesome. I turned it on and I became a DP. But um, but I think that you know that will still separate the wheat from the chaff in the sense that there will still be people who care and they you'll be able to recognize them. <laughs> you Deve- know? Developing your technique and having the discipline to do it will be more incumbent upon the person. So there, it, it'll be Sturgeon's Law, basically. You'll have yeah. a lot more crap. And there'll still be 90% crap and 10% good. It's just that 10% it will be incumbent upon the 10% to yeah. to make themselves good, to, to demonstrate that discipline. Right. It's it's going to be easier for lazy people to be to, to get something out there and be lazy. <laughs> well, yeah, and as a lazy person. We've seen I, that already. That's, that's what YouTube that. is all about. It's just, <laughs> you know, I have a camera. Good, and you yeah. figured out what the red button did. That's great. <laughs> and there you go. But that, I mean, it, I'm not sure I ever actually um, said this on on the show. But I, I, I at Comic Con one year, I was at a panel, and I think it was for Grindhouse. Um, I'm pretty sure it was for Grindhouse because Tarantino and and Rodriguez Rodriguez were there. It's probably for Dollhouse or something. You, you never know. <laughs> yeah, those guys. four rooms, <laughs> and uh, they were, uh, and and this is, uh, you know, th- this is relevant to this conversation too because. Rodriguez shot his digitally, digitally and, and Tarantino, on uh, film. Tarantino on film. Um, but someone but asked. Then Rodriguez him, made his look like a like like film. film. Yeah. So he, but he Instagrammed his own film. Yeah. Someone asked. They were like, with all of these, with all of the available, um, you know, the digital tools and stuff like that, and with everyone in YouTube and stuff like that, everyone's able to, you know, make a film and get it out there. Like, how do you distinguish yourself from the competition? And Tarantino goes, "If you care and you have talent, there is no competition." <laughs> He's like, that's nice. what will distinguish yeah. you from the competition. Yeah, that's fairly true. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Now, where does George Lucas fit into this, and what do we owe him? Now, obviously, there's a whole Star Wars thing that we're not going to talk about. Yeah. But literally, workflow, tools, well, we, we owe him a tremendous deal from a technological standpoint. I mean, we, we owe him for digital well, editing I just don't know in the first place. I don't, yeah, I don't we know how much his initial splashings in this realm with the, the the latter prequels and one scene in the Phantom Menace, well, the, uh, what that actually resulted in for us now with the deve- was the, it was the, it you know just go he was the thing is with with the development of any new technology or infrastructure or anything there's there is a certain amount of you know loss that you have to put in up front before <laughs> it becomes profitable or efficient or whatever the government or somebody who has pockets deep enough has to subsidize Elon Musk. Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk, or in this case, George Lucas, or slash James Cameron, have to subsidize this and just spend shit tons of money for a long time before it becomes you know worth it from an economic standpoint uh, and you start getting money back. And George Lucas, even more so than Cameron, is responsible for doing that early work. Saying, okay, this is... I'm just going to spend... A shit ton of money to build a digital camera. It's not in really my own economic interest to do so in any way, shape, or form. But let's do it. No, I mean, I'm, he basically. I mean, we complained about the prequels, and and the fact of the matter is, he basically sacrificed the prequels on the altar of yeah. creating digital film because yeah. because being able to say this these huge films they did huge money and they were shot on digital basically was able to and and. You know, if if you slap a, the Star Wars label on anything, it's going to make a billion dollars. He's like that. That does away with the arguments of people like, well, people won't go see a movie if it's shot on digital. People won't blah 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 blah. It won't He's look like, good enough for people to watch. Yeah, it won't look good enough. So he just he he kicked that door down. People will see a fucking awful movie if it's shot on digital. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it has Star Wars in the title. Exactly, yeah. but but that's not 
the <laughs> yeah. that's not what they see. Um, <laughs> but I mean, and and it's the same thing with um, I mean the the whole situation with Red. I mean, a lot of digital wasn't progressing as fast as it could have in some senses not to you know not to be conspiracy theory or anything but in some senses because these companies had established workflows they had mm-hmm. established stuff they're not they were like we don't want to we don't want to make a quantum leap in right. our in our uh, when we can uh, make a linear leap at, over the next 10 years or whatever it is and make more money in the process right exactly yeah. um and, and then and, homeboy from oakley shows up and then it, but but it's yeah. exactly what brian was just saying it's like someone who has deep enough pockets and wants it, he showed up and said, all right, everything you're doing, you are bullshitting right now because the technology exists and I will show you. And he did, and it's a little wonky and you can, you you know, cast your aspersions on Red and the way they run things and stuff like that, but he still pushed it to the point where everyone else went, oh, shit. And so they all had to catch up to that point and that's why digital made such a quick leap. Do you remember how you felt when that that website went up at (laughs) Red.com? Remember how you felt the first time you saw... 4K, 120 frames. No. Yeah. No. I, no. I, I have to say, I, I, I am, I remain thoroughly astonished that what Red actually said that. Yeah. That Red yeah. actually said we're going to change the whole, like, the face of the whole move, motion picture industry. Red, within, and they did within like it feels like it happened in about three weeks. You yeah. Know? yeah. It's like, next thing you know, David Fincher's shooting on a Red. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, it's like wow, you guys actually. You know, a lot of people have, you know, a lot of garage bands try to do a lot of things. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Apple and Red are about <laughs> one of the very few that you can go, it, that it actually worked. It really, I, I mean, there's you a, did that. There's a special tier of these people, these companies, and, you know, and uh, Jim Gennard is one of them. Elon Musk is one of them. George Lucas is just these guys that just funds these revolutions. Well, that's the thing. You need someone who's a billionaire to yeah. go. To, yeah. So because because these, you know, these these garage band outfits who could possibly yeah. revolutionize they have the right things, idea but they, they just don't have the funding yeah so, and yeah. so so people are like no 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 and they're like okay well we're out of money so i guess it's over and everyone keeps going no with red everyone's like no 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 it's like i don't care I'm gonna keep putting money in until <laughs> you say yes um or we steamroll you and then that's just what happened he was able to keep it going much longer than any sensible person could have yeah. <laughs> just because he wanted to and that's what did it and that's why we need crazy billionaires yeah <laughs> that's hey that's 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 really the future of the space program it yeah, like it, is. Too. it absolutely is thank you crazy billionaires did you guys see elon musk on the daily show yes, yes. i hadn't actually known much about him prior to that for those uh, who don't know awesome. who elon musk is who's elon musk elon musk is the founder of paypal who then went on to found tesla motors which makes the tesla tesla roadster and now other cars oh, okay. and uh and now uh, also uh, founded a company called spacex which is right next to lax and is building uh, their own spaceships. They've already launched a uh, uh, test rocket, okay. and in about 15 days, they will be launching a spacecraft that which will which will dock with the International Space Station, and that's going to be a big fucking deal when that Sweet. happens. So, so when so I cool. when so I cool. Wall Street says we should we should boycott PayPal, we actually shouldn't boycott PayPal because they're he's they're, out of it now. They're so on it's this, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so but, but when SpaceX goes public, buy some shares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good tip. Thanks. Um. But anyway, film versus digital. Yes. Um, well, no, but I can get back to there. Watch this. All right, okay. do it. Go. You know who else is like Elon Musk just doing that crazy-ass shit because he can? James Cameron going to the bottom of the fucking ocean. Sure, yeah. Now, that's pretty cool because James Cameron's also a proponent of digital. <laughs> Done. Okay. And he took digital cameras to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And blah, 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 Shot Kevin 3D, Bacon. 3D, HD, and you know, seven miles down. So you know, just to, just to prove a goddamn point. Too? I'm sure it was. Oh, that's don't, adorable. <laughs> don't you, you know, think I it was probably in 3D that when he shot I lo- down I did, there? I, totally I did love his, uh, his comment on the 
on Colbert because he went on Colbert. And uh, Colbert was Cameron like, did? so we're, yeah. yeah, this week. He was yeah. like, so he's, we're he's you... having a big week. He's got Titanic coming out. It's Titanic. He's like, did you see any any Krakens or anything like that, like making a joke? And Cameron was like, if I thought for a second anything like that was down there, there would have been bait all over the ship <laughs> and stuff like that. Because that's the shot. That's, the, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> I, lo- yeah, I love it because he started to say that sentence and I. I thought, you know, I auto-completed in my head that it would go, if I thought that was, anything like that was down there, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. But then I was like, no, I remember who James Cameron <laughs> was. And then he said what James Cameron that would was say. down there, we would have built five ships. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have put Bill Paxton in the other one. I would have fed him dialogue. Now, in the chat, Land Porpoise is asking about IMAX. Where does IMAX fit into that? As it, I mean, obviously, well, it's, like you said, that's it's, IMAX shot on, it's shot on film. <laughs> yes. So it goes closer to 35 mil than... Obviously, it goes to digital, but it does seem like it's its own discrete thing. It's operating with its own pros and cons. Well, the, I mean, the, the one of the reasons that digital and that's Chris Nolan's little he and he and IMAX are sitting in a I tree. I mean, one of the reasons, yeah, one of the reasons digital uh, uh, took so long to catch up to film um, was number one, just the the amount of information, the amount in of information, and the and also the image plane, just the the pure aesthetics of it. Um, you can't get, you get there's a difference in the size of a frame of film versus the size of an electronic chip that was in most digital cameras um, and resolution and stuff like that. And one of the things that that Red did that made it such a jump forward was they're like, how about we just make the sensor the same size as film and then (laughs) you can use film cameras and you treat it as film and it'll look like film. And that is correct because that's how optics works. Um, And so... (laughs) And so the... Do uh, you Trigonometry, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. And so... so Stand back, I'm going to do science. Yeah. And so IMAX is the same thing. IMAX is a physically bigger image plane, so it's like you're going to have to make a big-ass sensor to get to that aesthetic point, much less the, the amount of data and resolution and stuff like that to get to that point as well as the overhead of well this is also not a zero to one you know bright spots can go to 35 if they want to and and, uh getting all of that to to work but once you do it's like there is nothing but an emotional attachment to the physical properties of film that will be keeping you shooting then i have a question about imax and i don't know if you guys know the answer to this I know that IMAX is 70 millimeter, but is 70 millimeter? 65, but yeah. Oh, 65. Or something like, I don't know. Or it's In any se- case, I don't know. Anyway. well, say it was 70 millimeter. Sure. Is IMAX synonymous with 70 millimeter? Is IMAX no. 70 millimeter plus something? No, IMAX is a 70 millimeter format of which there have been several over the years. Yeah. Because so what, what uh, VistaVision wasn't 70 millimeter, yeah. right? 65. But 65. Yeah. So okay. yeah, IMAX is, I think, I think IMAX, IMAX is, is a certain brand of 70 millimeter yeah. film. Of the seventy millimeter, it's like the same thing. Is it it sideways so you get the double frame? Yes, I believe so. So like this division. Okay, I was just curious. I don't know. Or it might be uh, IMAX might be vertical actually, but I see them. I see the trays like sideways, so I feel like it must be sideways. It's big. It's a large, large frame. Is the point? And and somebody asked the question in the chat room. Well, just make it smaller. Can't you make it smaller? Then no. IMAX that that, defeats the purpose. That's not how math works. Yeah. It defeats the purpose of making it smaller because the whole point is the size, uh, the physical yeah. size of the frame is what makes IMAX so amazing. Yeah, when That's you see why it, the image can film. be that big and still look good. Yeah. yeah. Now, for the second half of a film versus digital conversation, we we were talking earlier because Trey just jumped on a bandwagon here. <laughs> <laughs> old, 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 oh. old first on the train, Stokes uh, got a purely a, a monetary an, issue for an, me. An e-reader, right? I did. I have. I think that's what they call it now. I leaving it leaving me the only person. Affiliated with GIF that doesn't have an iPad. Yeah, or shocking. You're the only padless person. I'm the only, I'm the only padless person. I was reading like a 35 year old book last night, and it's falling apart. In I've my been hands. doing that too. I read that too, but uh, this, I, I went for this. I now, went for it. What pl- does that have any? 
I guess does it have any correlation with this conversation? Well, people make the same argument. I mean, when the Kindle first started to, I mean, the Kindle's been around for a while, um, mm-hmm. and they've been they've been, uh, and that and that could have crashed and burned. I yeah. mean, when they first said, you know, a digital book, and everyone like. Really? And just yeah. a d- and it had and that's all it was. Well, and it had crashed and burned before. There was yeah. you know uh, Newton pads and things in the late nineties. They tried ebooks quite yeah. quite a while, and and uh, similar to what you had talked about before with you need a crazy billionaire pushing it. Yeah, you Amazon. Need, you need a- Amazon's the crazy billionaire in this sense because they went all right. We are going to make our own e-reader. We're not gonna like. We're not going to trust the industry to create its own thing. It's like we're going to make our own e-reader. We're going to start converting books to go on that. We've got the infrastructure to mm-hmm. keep that going even if nobody cares right. <laughs> until they actually care. Um, and that's – I mean that's what happened. The The first couple of Kindles – like the first Kindle was for like the hardcore people. The second Kindle was people who were like, oh, okay, that's interesting and jumped on it. That's when I jumped on it and stuff like that. And then after that, it's like damn near everyone has a Kindle all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just – it just reached this tipping point and, and there it was. But – there was the argument all around that that people were making all the time. They're like, "Well, there's just something about holding a physical book. book. There's something about the smell of the paper." Which and are they right like, about that? Which I I they, they are right about that. I agree but, with. I, I enjoy you know, reading a physical book. They're right about that. I mean, I That's, went into. But I, well, I acknowledge the fact that I feel that way because I've grown up reading and I love reading yeah. from a young age before these things existed. Will my children? Will my nephew care? Maybe a little bit. Will their children care? Probably yeah. not. I mean, I went. In, I walked into a. It's been a while, but I walked into a used bookstore about where I'm working right now. I found out they had one. I walked in. And I'm like, and it's totally like the nostalgia of like the smell of yeah. the old paper and stuff like that. I'm like, this is great, but I'm totally happy with my Kindle because I can lay it flat while I'm like eating and yeah. I can keep reading and stuff like that. And it's like there is nothing inherent. Like, I don't care if the words are printed on paper or not. The words are what's important, ultimately. Now, now that the screen looks good, and yeah. it's not, you know, when the whole e-paper, when they finally got that kind of dialed in, it's like, okay, that that, the, that was the missing ingredient. There is a nostalgic quality to the experience, but I'm admitting, at least myself, that it is a nostalgic quality. And I'm not going to give up reading physical hard copy books anytime soon, because I still enjoy doing that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I know that the real essence of it is, well, the book is in... I'm at I'm at the, I'm at the point, and I've you know I love reading and stuff like that, and I've got a whole room Nerd. full of fucking books. Yeah, I know, but uh, I'm at the point where if a book is not available on Kindle, I might not read it. <laughs> I might not pick it up because well, I'm like, was there got, an uproar when audiobooks became a thing? Especially like recently, probably. where they became a really really accessible thing. Not not that I'm not that I recall. So nobody I cared. Mean, I mean, they were like, oh, cool, for, well, thank for you. Audiobooks, first of all, audiobooks were like for the blind, you know, it was sort <laughs> of like, you know, books for the blind. It was kind of like, you know, those, those existed a long time ago, way back when. You know, they were kind of unusual and, and, and rare and not the general public. But then I think that just sort of gradually became, you know, it, it, it sort of became an application that made sense once people had cassette players yeah. in their cars, you know, because the first books on tape I became aware of were on cassette, where, you know, <laughs> they'd have to be a bridge because otherwise you'd have this, like, suitcase of cassettes mm-hmm. you know it's all of, you know 45 minutes on a side and it's like it's just huge huge Please things flip so your 45 over yeah they would be heavily heavily abridged um but then and then but then cds you know cds made a made it really start to make sense and then mp3s made it made even even more sense it's like well now it's this big great you know let's let's do that yeah now that you've got an ipod of course audiobooks you're just you're 
hungry for content. You're like, someone talks books. <laughs> I'm going to do that now. <laughs> Read me a book. Yeah. I was always, I was surprised when I got onto the Audible bandwagon recently how fucking expensive they are. Yeah. Now, I understand that there's a lot of overhead... Kinda when you're paying a guy to read a whole book to you, but well, not as much as printing. Well, but you also have to pay books. the guy who wrote the book. I well, mean, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But when the when it goes to paperback, that same book's going to be eight bucks. It's a what for me on Audible. So how much a, is that voice actor guy making? For how me much on is Audible, it going it's, to the, the, it's the fact that I'm pretty sure like if I cancel my subscription, I no longer get to use any of those books. I'm pretty sure that's how Audible works. That's like a, it's like having a bad book. That's like that's yeah. like how Napster tried to work after they got busted yeah. when they went tried to go legit. Well, exactly, totally but it's work. like you have to you it. See, the legit Napster kind of makes sense because it's like it was more like uh, what Spotify it is. It was like Spotify. Yeah. It's like as long as you have a subscription, you have access to everything. And if Audible worked like that, I would totally get it. But Audible's like, well, you get you know you pay for twelve credits a year, and then each one you can get a book with, but. God help you if you cancel your <laughs> subscription because all 12 of those books have now vanished. Yeah. It's like, I don't think... And maybe I I'm signed, wrong. Maybe I misread the, the terms of service, but I, I'm pretty sure I, that's how it I works. I think that's how it works. I, I signed up for Audible, and I did the Hunger Game books, and I'm okay with not having access to them. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> enough. okay with them going away. <laughs> yes. Well, weirdly enough, when I bought this, and I've only owned it for like all of 12 hours, so I've only begun to explore it. But Because um, it, it, it's the, it's the high-end one. This is a Nook, by the way. I went for the Nook instead of the Kindle, just to, just because there's a Barnes Noble literally down the street from me. And, and I just walked in and said, give me one, and they did. And so, <laughs> even how much Amazon is it, like can't, 60 bucks, 70 bucks, something like that? Uh, no, this is the high-end one. This is $199, same as the high-end Kindle. But it has like Wi-Fi and everything? It's got Wi-Fi, it has Netflix, it has yeah, it has a now, web browser. Oh, you, you, you've got the Amazon like content library too. Exactly, so it's it's, it's a yeah. pseudo, it's a pseudo pad, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, a, it's it's trying to sort of, we're kind of like an iPad almost, which is the same as the Kindle Fire that yeah. is sort of a gateway to, to a full pad. But the, the point is that it has all these other bells and whistles that it does, supposedly, that I've just sort of started to learn, but... Last night, I sat down, and of all things, it came with a free book. They said, you can get a copy of The Hunger Games. I'm like, all right, give me a copy of The Hunger Games, which I wasn't planning to read. But, you know, hey, boom, it's on this device. So last night, I read half The Hunger Games. <laughs> and as, as a device to read a book on, I'm very happy with my purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, thank God I don't have a fucking copy of The Hunger Games sitting around because that would just be awful. Um, I just I can tuck it away and hide that I that – I, actually, Hunger Games is a, is a perfectly entertaining book. Um so as you know, as as a person who's grew, you know, my my folks, my family owned bookstores, and my you know, my, I own hundreds of books, hundreds and hundreds, most of which are in storage because I don't have room to put them anywhere. And every book I buy now is like, where am I going to put this thing? Um, this I I wanted to make this thing because it makes sense to me to my life now that I live in a very tiny space that I I I want to read books. I, you know, I, I I can't go to sleep unless I read myself to sleep. That's been true for fifty years. So. You know, I don't have room to put books, but this is a very cool device. Yeah, <laughs> and it has I mean, a part of as much as I love books, and I'll still buy. I mean, I think the idea of a, a giant, if you know, your photo book of Venice, you know, doesn't make sense to have on a pad. You want, you know, yeah. it's a coffee table book is, and, is still got its own place in life, and other books have the you know, the art of Star Wars. It's like, well, why would you want that on a tiny screen? It's like you yeah. probably bought that book to to be able to really look at stuff. You know, your your Drew Struzan book, yeah, yeah, you know, probably is available on a pad, but why would you want it on a pad mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a giant, you know, coffee table? Thing? It's true. It becomes like a, it, it almost becomes like a niche thing yeah. in a sense yeah. to get well, physical books. What I was saying it's like it's it, now, it's taking it's taking the, the we're still talking about film as subtext with these books, and it's still working perfectly. Yeah. No, because well, I was just about to bring it back. It's exactly what we're saying with film. It's like it's going from the de facto how the industry must be to a niche. And it, it's it replaces which is like, which, well, which and, is fine. And, and the IMAX argument still holds up because yeah, you might want to see Batman, 
you know, Batman, whatever the hell it's called, the Batman movie. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. You might want, you probably want to see that on IMAX. Oh, you I probably totally don't do. need to see Bridesmaids on IMAX. Yeah. yeah. That can be on digital. Go to the yeah. digital theater for that. I don't even need to see, mo- like, I love going to see movies in the theater, but don't need to see Bridesmaids in the theater. I'll yeah. watch that. Well, some sometimes, like, a really good comedy, it's good to Bridesmaids, have the I, I wish I'd seen Bridesmaids in the theater. I did actually frankly, get but, to see Bridesmaids. But the average the theater, movie, but, you know, the your average red box, no. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean generally. American Reunion, don't no, need to see I, that. I mean, we, you know, you read the LA Weekly thing, and it's like, you know, these these little niche theaters that. I understand the economic argument where. And, and Red is working on that, too. Red is working on, you know, the, their. We're uh, what? Their system, they're working on a system called, uh, damn, I can't remember what it is because they keep br- they bring it's, it up like every three years. It's probably another shade of red. It. But, uh, Burgundy. It's called the Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, but, um, oh, it's called Red Ray. Of course it is. Um, and uh, <laughs> nice. their, their, whole, half, right? their whole thing is that it's it will output 4K. Like you could burn a 4K movie to a DVD because they they're inventing their own compression scheme too. Mm-hmm. You can burn it to a, a regular DVD and it'll uncompress it and stuff like that, but it's like a grand for the box. Mm-hmm. So any theater could buy that and hook it up to Red's ultimate someday projector or some other projector and stuff like that. And it's like the Redjector. Yeah, the 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 <laughs> The red you know, blaster. <laughs> you know, it's a, the economy of scale. The price will come down, so yes. it can come to. It could come to the point, like like there's there's a crisis right now with these little art theaters, but that might be resolved. Well, what's eventually. happening in the publishing industry now? There's just listening to something on NPR about um, print on demand, where mm. they'll you know on Amaz- you know Amazon contracts out for, you know whatever printing company it is, and Amazon doesn't actually know that this company is only printing the book when they get the order in. And it's slightly less. Uh, the uh, the story was saying the the guy who runs this company was saying the the quality is still slightly less than actual mass traditionally sure. mass printed books. But he's like, but we're getting there, and it's not going to be much longer before it's indistinguishable. So li- having so, literal a, a you know film prints, a print on demand for exactly. a digital uh, yeah. film would be uh, why not? That'd yeah. be great. Well, we've got a guy who works at a movie theater in the chat room, and he was talking about right now we get hard drives, but yeah. we're moving over to satellite yeah. immediately. Like it's gonna it's going <laughs> yeah. it's it's just like hard drives are already like oh hard drives really we have to you know. <laughs> But I, I, I also, you know, um, I was I was thinking about this topic on the way over, and it's like, the I think the vast majority of movies I've seen in my life, people, you know, they're like, oh, there's something about film projection and stuff like that. Like, that's the argument I reject, because I'm like, most of the films I've seen have been in a digital format. I either watch them on DVD, or on Blu-ray, or on Netflix, and like the... Outside of a theater capacity. Outside of a theater, okay. outside of a theater, yeah. yeah. Or but, on your book reader. Yeah, or on on which on David Lynch would kill you for. <laughs> I've never watched it on. First of all, fuck him. But secondly, um, <laughs> but I've never watched a movie. I don't think on my phone because that is a little too like what is. I've it? watched YouTube stuff on my phone. I watch. I've oh, watched. Sure. Well, YouTube is appropriate. Sure, yeah. I've watched movies on my iPad, and I think that's about movies as on my small iPad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, go. what's funny about that is it's a. I get a double segue to Lynch because not only is he really, he really abhors anybody watching anything on a tiny little screen like that, but he also. He was one of the very first adopters of digital cameras to shoot his movies with, not because they were awesome, but because at the time they were so shitty they reminded him of 1930s cameras. <laughs> and he liked the, the fuzzy look. It was the style, yeah. It was yeah. The style. It was the style that's, at that's, the time. That's yes. an interesting... It's like backwards with George his, Lucas. With an onion on his belt and everything. Yes, but it was the style. And he he shot on digital cameras 10 years ago because they looked so shitty. Well, that's why, I mean, that's why... Uh, that's so funny. That's one of the Ten reasons years ago, I was... think 28 Days Later did it that way. No, one of them was budgetary, but the other was like... They shot on an XL1, right? Yeah. But only but only for the one scene in the in downtown London. The rest of it was film. No. No, the no, whole thing was... No, it was all was... digital, yeah. 
And you can tell Are if you, you sure? watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it comes out as very grainy and and uh, you know it has that has that look, but it's like it, it, was, but it's it was it was it was an early it was an early example of that look can be appropriate if it matches the subject matter. Yeah, yeah if it matches the 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 theme, the the tone yeah. that the filmmaker. Yeah. Collateral is another one. Yeah. Public Enemies, not <laughs> <laughs> Public was that another one of the three hundred and sixty degree shutter movies? Yeah. A shutter crime movie. Yes. Let's talk about that for a shutter second. Crime. Is that something that you you can control that? You can dial that in or down yeah. with the digital camera, right? Yeah. Well, you can do that with film cameras too, adjust the shutter. You, you can't you can't, you can't open it up that wide. Uh, someone okay. uh, if in case you haven't heard our our 2012 commentary, which is fun. Um Oh, we have talked about it before. We That's talked right. about shutter yeah, crime yeah. at the end of that commentary, but in, in in the interest of those who haven't heard it, sure. what are we talking about when we say 360 degree shutter? The, the, with regards to the digital one, right, you the, can't do that on film. Yeah, the the frame on a on a movie camera on a film camera, um, you have literally a shutter. It's a rotating disc, and generally speaking, kind of the default is that half of the disc is open and half of it is closed. And as it spins, um, the open part allows the f- frame to be exposed, and the closed part allows no exposure as the film is being advanced forward. So you can't really go too much further than one angle. You can go a little more. You Otherwise go, you start to see the actual yeah, you can go, change. Yeah, you can go a little tighter than that and and they get the you get the gladiator look and stuff like that but you can't the the really sharp uh, no motion blur kind of yeah Yeah. but you but you can't go too much wider than that and get it smoother whereas on digital there's no frame there's no physical advancement it's just the the sensor turning on and off long exposure frames for every frame in the second exactly so we say 360 it's generally like 350 because they do still need a little time to refresh the sensor but it's close enough and and it creates this very kind of it's too smooth. It's almost smeary, and it it feels very like you just know it's like that's not film. That doesn't feel right. It feels too much like uh, t- if you've for for um you know for people who who've seen those TVs at at oh. Sears and stuff with yeah, the, that, the motion that, smoothing yeah, on. Yeah. It's a similar thing. It's it makes like, it look HD. It but makes see, it I look think, like but, you're watching a football game. But yeah, don't you watching, think? But you know, don't you think that you're making? Don't you think you're making an argument that someone ten years younger than you is not going to understand? Uh, maybe I think so. And I think that. And I, again, this is because another you, thing you, where I'm you totally said you, on board. You said you've seen things on digital, but you've seen them at 24 fps with right. with the shutter. You know, shot with the shutter. You haven't really experienced movies with that. 360 oh, dude! Now I now I understand Chris Nolan because in ten years it's going to be all 360, and I'm going to be like, it looks wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, well, that's and, but and that's the thing. Our it's... generation is just going to hate life until we die, and then our kids <laughs> will be fine. And you'll be I, wearing onions on your belt before yeah, you know. I it. think exactly. there I think there is a slight difference because the problem was it was like, well, it doesn't it doesn't look the same, and then it's gotten to the point with digital where it's like, well, it does look the same, and now you're just being silly. Whereas we're talking about a fundamental difference in well, the, in well, the well okay. exactly, but it's a fundamental difference, but it's just a difference that you're not accustomed to. It's a difference that and someone else could go. No, I like that a lot better. We've been we've Maybe. been we've been raised for a hundred years watching this contrivance. This you know, film doesn't actually look yeah. like real life; it looks like film. But we've been raised that way, so that's what we're used to. I, I think and now it kind what, of does, but that's probably just my bullshit nostalgia. Yeah, that's that's nostalgia. And now what people are trying to do, including uh, Peter Jackson. Is trying to make film look more like real life, real vision, 3D with 48s and 360 shutter and all that. Well, his his it's 270 shutter for 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 he's, the he's doing he's doing 270 so that and and shooting at 48 frames per second so it'll be smooth I for really, the 3D and then for the 2D he's going to cut out half the frame so it's 24 at 135 and then I I'm guessing he's probably going to throw a little extra you know 
uh, motion blur, synthetic motion blur on it to, to smooth it out, which works okay. fine. I did a test of that with my camera, and I was like, okay, that's acceptable. I hate the 48 frames per second one, <laughs> yeah, but, no, hold but on. hold the 24 really one looks I'm actually fine. not that excited about The Hobbit as a film. I'm just not. The trailer didn't work for me. It worked for everyone else. Uh, not so me. I'm not that. Oh, cool. I'm yeah. not that. In, I'll not still excited. see it. I'm still no, excited for it. No, but I am the really fucking psyched to just, uh, okay, I think I'm going to hate this, but I'm really interested to find out yeah what does really what is 270 degree shutter 48 frames per second 3d film look like i'll give it a shot for, yeah. for exactly I just, I just that reason see it. oh yeah like I'm, a, like, I'm it's a, like it's a museum installation yeah. or something i've like, been saying this might, be the, this might be the killer app to go okay i'll see it twice and i'll see it in the one theater and i'll see it in the other theater yeah. so i really really can tell you know which one's like going to the world there's not going to be a whole lot of people out there doing running that science yeah. experiment the film of the future Today, I hope it works. I mean, I've well, yeah, well, we'll sure. See. I mean, that's that's always the the hope. It's like I don't want to sit there and be full of hate for three hours. Yeah, I no. really hope it's good, but um, I'm not especially confident. I don't know. We'll see. Like you say, I'm interested in checking it out. I mean, I've I've you know, I went to see like Hugo, and I was like, I think I'm pretty much done with 3D until The Hobbit, <laughs> just yeah. because. As I said, I as I said recently, I saw I saw Titanic in, in you know 3D, and I liked it. But it was, you know, I liked it by saying it was the first 3D movie I've seen in the theater that I didn't go, well, this sucks that it's in 3D. Yeah. It's, there were some nice things about it that was in 3D. Um, and I probably wouldn't have gone to see it in the theater if they hadn't re-released it in 3D because it's like, well, I know that movie by heart. So that was my excuse to see it in the theater. And it was great to see it in the theater again. Um, it's, but it's still, it's still, I don't, I still don't see it as more than a gimmick. I mean, that's, right. that's right. I, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't get that well, that's going to be the way all films get made later. It, it can be more than I a am, gimmick. I'm and I think, Titanic, I think Titanic's use of it is more than a gimmick. It's just, it hasn't reached that point yet where, you know, when color was a thing, color was a gimmick, and now it's just a thing. We just haven't reached that saturation, that tipping point yet. On the forum this morning, uh, G Zara uh, made an interesting post about Titanic 3D, and I hadn't actually, somehow hadn't heard this argument i'm sure it's been around i just had never heard it before and he's talking about titanic and specifically like the sex scenes and he's like this is where it really becomes evident what my problem is and i hadn't figured it out until i watched this when it's a 2d thing you are being fed an emotional through line and you're putting yourself there short of mentally and you're kind of feeling it on that level when it's a 3d thing what is what is the metaphor that's being made by this film right now? Is it that yeah. I'm in there with them? I well, well I, I disagree with his whole. I mean, he's yeah. certainly entitled to his his personal opinion, but I disagree with it pretty much entirely. The point because it seems like it's trying to simulate you being there, which is the point of all film and the point of every technique related to film and storytelling in general is to take you wherever you are, is sitting in a theater or your room or wherever, and put you in that situation and put you as emotionally and viscerally into that situation as that story and that storyteller can manage. So if yeah, 3D is three D is another that. tool to do that. No, I, I agree with that. It's like, you know, well, when, when film started out as 16 frames per second, black and white silent, it was like, well, that's kind of a record of an event. But then they added color and they added the increased the frame the rate. And they added, you know, they had, and it became more like more immersive. You know, it became, and they became added, an emotional. They experience. added sound and they had, you know, all these things. And they added, and the screen, and the picture got bigger in the screen and they went, sure. went to widescreen. Okay, that you makes know, it's, sense. It's all about, I just think that, I just don't know if 3D is the next logical step in that improvement of the delivery system. I, I, um, because it does, it does still feel like, you know, it, it's, I, I understand the spirit of the argument is, yeah. is that it is that the, uh, it sort of violates the sense of aesthetic distance. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not actually on the Titanic. I know that. So the question is like, do you need to see 
this piece of entertainment in 3D? Is that the next logical step in in making it more engaging? Yeah, but, I mean, but people, the underlying point is to put you, the viewer, on the Titanic as completely as right. right. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that's. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily characterize that any more than color is meant to make you feel like you're on the Titanic more than well, black and white would, because you see the world in color, the, so it feels more real. The post, the the post that we're referring to was saying that puts me too much there, and I'm uncomfortable with that. Is basically yeah. what what he said. Which is which is you know, and that's and that's an argument. It's like it's like what is you know at what point is the you know is the aesthetic distance yeah you know too close. It's like it's like if like I go to the, it's like if you went to the, you went to the ballet and they go, would you like to sit up on the stage? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to like see close enough to see the sweat and the makeup smearing and you know hear them grunting because they you know the why not? Is, that sounds like a great seat. Well, Hard sometimes freaking work. You well, know? sometimes they do that. I mean, yeah. some theaters and some productions will have the seats on the stage. You know, yeah. but that'll be a thing that There's you do. But that's not. But that's, yeah. but that's, if that's you want, not but every. If you, if you want to sit, you know, you want to sit about the fifth row and go, oh, they're all pretty swans, and they're not like you know grunting and sweating, and, and, right? You know, like actually working very hard yeah. up there. You can turn that off. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. can choose not to sit. I, I don't want to see the ballet in 3D. It's it's too it's too real. Which it's, they have now. They yeah, you can go to AMC and they'll broadcast right, right, whatever. Right. And but, now they're starting to do it in 3D. And Katy Perry has her like, 3D concert or whatever it is coming I, out. But, but I saw I, a trailer for that. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with your point where it's like I see because everyone the proponents of 3D make the same thing. They're like, oh well, you know, people you know shook shook their fists and and you know. Tighten their onions about uh, <laughs> clutch about the, clutch their pearls. Yeah, clutch their pearls about color and sound and stuff like that. And it's like, and and maybe I'm creating a distinction without a difference in my head, but I feel like I see that those things add significant value, and you can you know you can use color and you can use sound in certain ways. And I'm like, I haven't seen. Just not to say it doesn't exist, but I haven't yet seen a use of 3D that. It's just like okay, now it's 3D or it's not, and it's like, and you can certainly dial in. You know, you you yeah. made the example of you can make the 3D tighter so it feels more claustrophobic and stuff like that. But it's like, have we really? Are we adding anything, or isn't that, that just I, what that people I think always do? That I think is the crux of the point. It's like, well, sound and color clearly added a tremendous amount of value to the image and and the experience experience of it that added a lot to it. How much does 3D really add that we don't already have? Right, because because we've come up with so many ways to to get that information across, to create a sense of perspective and depth and and, right. and so, you know, claustrophobia. So the way I would frame it is like, yes, 3D does add something if it's done correctly and not poorly. But well, does it add it enough to be worth it? It's still, it's still, it still feels like gimmick because you know, I mean, you guys were too young to experience the the wonder of sense around. But, uh, you know, that was when they tried to, like, actually make you feel like Earthquake was in sense around, where they had, like, basically massive subwoofers. Right. So this, the actual theater would shake, and, you know, and it was kind of like, okay, this is bizarre. Um, I don't think I want all movies to be like this either. You know, if you go see a movie in Smell-O-Vision, yeah, I, I don't think, smell you know, I don't think it's like, well, this, <laughs> yes, I guess technically this makes it more real in a way, because I, I've never smelled the bacon cooking in any other movie. <laughs> But I don't know if I need to smell the bacon cooking in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it is. It's, you know, 3D has has already had a you know had a fad phase in the 50s and 60s yeah. and died out. Um. I I still. 
you know what it might like be. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at the clouds if 3D <laughs> ends up coming to stay. But I have to say I still don't get that 3D needs to stay. Yeah, I still don't it get that people go. In- this is so much better. I'm so happy I saw this movie. It you doesn't. Add I've never really ever had it. the experience of fact, saying I'm so glad I saw that. They, movie. They just had a preview of the Avengers and one of the one of the and people were going, oh, the Avengers is awesome. Don't bother seeing it in 3D though. <laughs> that was the, that was one of the one of the early reviews was it's a great movie. Don't see it in 3D. You know. Don't bother with that shit. Just see it regular. Yeah. It's a great movie. You know what it might be? I, I, I might be reaching, but 3D is the only... Of all these substantive sort of changes we're talking about, then there was sound, then there was color, then it was no longer 16 frames per second, all those things. Um, particularly sound and color, those are real. It is now in color. You are now hearing sound. 3D isn't. It is, no, it is not taking it closer and closer to reality because it's fake 3D. Well, if it, was, if it was a Now, hold on. If it was a holographic movie and you can literally like, what's going on back here? Oh, look at that. That might be something else. But 3D, it's just, it's a little, it's a little sort of fake thing on top of it. Well, do, you see, do you see this thing? You're really hearing sound. The, you're really seeing color. You're not really. No, I, seeing I see depth. what you're saying. It's not, it's 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 simulating like what it's like to it's to like, look at a real thing, right. but it doesn't it's, simulate it it's the same the, way. It's not the difference between a painting and a sculpture. It's the difference between a painting and an etching, sort of. Yeah, you're also doing this. You're also doing this. A strange mix of like, well, it's like real life, but it's not because it's like, well, if I'm if I'm sitting in a room with a guy who's drawing a a, a you know a nude study of a girl on a divan, you know, okay, well, I guess I would be experiencing that in 3D, but then I wouldn't suddenly be looking at his face, and I suddenly wouldn't be looking at her face, and I wouldn't suddenly be looking at the ship from outside. It's like this this there's real, but movies are inherently not real mm-hmm. because they have this you know this whole infrastructure that we've learned yeah. about yeah. how you There's, can you know it's it's not my point of view it's not it's it's can, it's any point of view they choose to put me at at any particular moment to help tell the story so it's not like i'm sitting in the room with jack and rose because i wouldn't be sitting there v- vanishing and appearing <laughs> in 40 to 7 different positions around the room so so that to make it feel realer because it's 3d and that was one of the things about seeing in Titanic was sometimes there was some a cut from here to there was kind of jarring because suddenly there was this foreground object that was like blah you know, <laughs> this this thing like suddenly is in my face that just appears out of nowhere and a couple times that was jarring and not uh, not nice at all. I've been I've been thinking for a while basically that if 3D is really going to become like a thing, there is a different film grammar because people are just people just shoot. 3D movies like 2D movies with two cameras is basically now. It's like there's a different grammar that 3D requires for exactly that kind of reason. I don't know what it is. It should be rope. Yeah, I don't yeah. exactly. I don't know what that different grammar is, and I don't think anyone has cracked that yet. But actually, but that's what's necessary. It's an interesting example. Um, possibly an interesting example is I just rented, um, and it was going to be another topic. I was going to save for the other. I'll touch on it here. Um, I just rented the movie because it just became available for rental. Um, the movie, um, The Darkest Hour, uh-huh. which was that uh, the movie about the the people. It's, it's a, in Russia. It's an alien. It's an alien invasion movie, uh, but it's it's Americans in Moscow. Um, so it's very interesting because it's 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 Alien Armageddon, but it's not as the filmmakers said specifically, but it's not New York and it's not Los Angeles. It's like we've never destroyed Moscow before. This is a, this is a we're breaking new ground. Um, it's not a great movie, but um, according it's it's got some very it's a very interesting premise that's not particularly well executed. Is my short review of it, but um, it has some great bits to it. But one of the things that was really interesting is I was as I was watching I watched it the first time and I was like eh, this is just not a very 
well-made film in terms of it just felt it, the directing felt clunky and the writing and the, the writing especially I can't wait to talk about it someday but um, <laughs> but the point is this is then I watched it with the with the director's commentary and the director mentioned if I understood him correctly the director mentioned that just a couple of weeks before they started rolling it was decided that this would be a 3d film and he and he said that that was really jarring for him because now I have to suddenly I had this whole other technology we're gonna have these giant double camera rigs and suddenly, you know, I have to think about this as a 3D movie that I'm making. And I said, you know, I, I suddenly I felt I felt like, OK, that might be part of the problem uh-huh. is oh, you know, literally like two weeks before shooting. It's like, guess what? An entirely different visual style is now going to be required for well, whatever you're thinking your movie was going to be. Now it's this other thing that a similar thing happened with uh, Clash of the Titans. I think it was or was that a, a that post- was a conversion. That was a, that was a conversion. last minute. conversion. Yeah, this yeah. was shot. This but was shot in 3D. So this is a low budget movie where they had suddenly twice the infrastructure just to get a shot. So their life got and you know, harder because they had these giant rigs with two cameras that they had to use. I'm sure with locations already scouted, probably locations too small to fit. Exactly, the, and it became you know, so in. it took longer to get a setup, and yeah. and uh, you know, as on a, on a low budget film, that's death. So I, you know, I suddenly I, I felt like you know, this might be a case where the director got boned by the fact that they made him make a 3D right. movie. I, yeah, and I think that's a huge factor right now is that there's the. The problem with 3D at the moment is it's not in like with James Cameron. In most cases, the an artist or a filmmaker going, "I am making this as a creative artistic choice for my project." It's the studios going, "If this is in 3D, then we can charge four bucks more for the movie ticket." It's yeah. in 3D now, and yeah. it's it's suits and executives making these decisions often at the last minute or at the most inconvenient time for the filmmakers, and so it's it's not producing the best artistic product or creative product. And a lot of these filmmakers are just trying to to get along as best they can. They try to do the same thing with um, Inception for Chris Nolan, and Chris Nolan is just has enough <laughs> clout as a filmmaker to go, nah, nah don't wanna. That's cool though. Yeah, you guys <laughs> be thanks for the suggestion. Yeah. You're right. Now, was there a 3D version of Inception? No, no, there wasn't. He, he refused yeah. to do it. Yeah, okay, and I'm sure made some studio executives very unhappy. Plus that scene where yeah. the, the but entire then he, but then he like waved over. his you know Dark Knight grosses. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. They were so unhappy with him, they got him to do Superman. <laughs> I was <laughs> thinking right. about uh, we hate that guy. Darkman was talking about what what would like what would the film grammar look like, and I said rope. I'm, I'm talking about just like really long takes. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, what might be really cool shot natively 3D. Those long ass oneers in Children of Men. Oh yeah, yeah. When you're just like running across well, like the city or going up and down the thing, that might be like really engrossing. Oh yeah, there's, but there's, it's already engrossing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what, so do we what need? do you what do you need it for? There's exactly. something I noticed watching uh, Titanic that I had never really noticed in the other couple other times I'd watched it. Oh yeah, movie. she's totally naked in that movie. Uh, I I and maybe Trey you can back me up and Mike maybe you can explain if I'm crazy or not. But in a lot of some of the side to side pans, whenever there was like an in camera pan, uh-huh. there's something to the motion blur that I found very disorienting. There were a couple of times when, yeah, there was, was some weird like, strobing effect. Or right. Something yeah. Or it's just like all the detail was lost, or some, like my brain couldn't quite process the motion blur or something of what was that's going on. That's probably true, especially in a conversion. I mean, that's part of the problem with 3D in general, which is why they're shooting at so much higher frame rates and stuff for, for The Hobbit and stuff like that because things will blur differently because of the different, slightly different mm-hmm. you know, perspective and stuff like that in native. Um, and And there's just too much blur and stuff like that so they're like well we'll just cut that down and then it won't be as jarring right um so that's the thinking behind why they're doing it that way on the hobbit um for a conversion like titanic it's just the fact that once if something starts moving and something blurs then you're simultaneously seeing the thing here that's blurring and you're seeing the background behind it um and you 
in a conversion, no real, in a conversion, you, you can't. How do you invent the separation? Yeah, you yeah. can't. In, you can't invent. You know, two two depths on the same pixel and stuff like that. Right. Like you can try, but mm. um, and there's various ways you can kind of cheat it and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just like well. We're so, have to so just if three D is going to become a thing that is going to be around, then we all then we need this increased sharpness of the higher frame rate and the the if wider it's a, if shutter. it's the kind of thing. I like that... how you're using Nolan's argument to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. If, Actually, it would be go. Yeah. If you think that I mean, well, if, I mean is, if that's is that... something that that distracts a significant portion of viewers, which I, I think it does, uh, then yes, that's it's going to. Three D ne- is going to have to become its own distinct format in that sense. Three D is going to necessitate forty eight frames and three sixty shutters and yeah. other things. God help us all. Wow, it's yeah. not something <laughs> well, I considered the before. Card pulling the horse on that one. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, so but again, but again, I, I I should point out that just just as you did, it's like we're sitting here going, oh well, you know, three D versus digital. Shut up. It's the message, not the medium. It's like, well, if it's a good story, then who the fuck cares if it's a little smeary when they move around, you know? It's it's maybe that, that same thing yeah. has to come back to us. So I guess our opinion is film versus digital, meh. Two D versus three D. God no, 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 no. Then we found that we found the age level of the of the group at that point, I think is what we've yeah. determined. The thing that I like is the best, stick with that. Yes. You're right on the cusp of digital's okay, best. but three D is bullshit. Yeah. That, that's yeah, that's gonna be the next that's gonna be the next generational battle yeah. that's gonna be fought. Is you're gonna be you're gonna be sitting here ten years from now after I'm dead and there's a twenty year old <laughs> on the on the panel and you're gonna be telling and he's gonna be going, I saw it in three D, it was fantastic. I I you know, I went to see that that, that Dark Knight movie and it was in two and it sucked <laughs> and you're going to try and explain and it i mean really that's the reality of it, it and ultimately my our children are going to if 3d stays around our children <laughs> are going to grow up with 3d and we're going to try our best to explain to them why it's yeah. terrible and they're not going to care the, the, I'm, I'm homeschooling my kids i'm missing <laughs> i'm missing I'm, I'm really the one thing i regret about not being immortal is I'm, i really want to see the when you guys have onions on your belts, I want to see what you're <laughs> arguing about, you know, and what the, what those fucking kids are talking about. Um, I read the the thing that's the thing that I read recently just uh, is an indication of uh, you know where the world is heading and whether it's good or bad. We don't know till we get there. So best of luck to all of you. But the this guy mentioned that his daughter um, like goes up to the television. She's like four. Like goes up to the television and tries to like yeah, touch screen on it, it yeah. and says, "This is broken." Any screen that doesn't respond to her touch is is useless and broken to her. There was the YouTube video of the baby trying to iPad a uh, magazine, like trying to swipe and pinch and expand. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's creepy. Those but videos, adorable, it's crazy. But my my um, my niece when she was cats like playing games on the iPad. Yeah, that's my, yeah. crazy man. My niece was like a year and a half. Totally got it. She understood swipe yeah. to unlock and all this. stuff. I'm yeah. like, what? Because <laughs> yeah. nobody taught her. She just started doing it. Yeah. You know, it's like Jesus. My my yeah. niece and nephew have had their own hand me down iPhones. They're not phones. They're basically just i uh, touches at this point. But they've had the you know these little hand me downs for years now at this point and. You know, at three and four, they've been able to yeah. completely use them. Yeah. So yeah, good luck arguing with them about how film is aesthetically better than uh, yeah. than digital. Now that said, that last hour said, <laughs> whatever Chris Nolan makes, we're going to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but that's exactly it. He's like, well, film is better, and I'm like, I'm like, go, I don't going care to what I said at the beginning. It. You know what, Chris Nolan? If you if you just like you know if you drew a flip book, I would pay. Ten bucks to go see <laughs> yeah. that in IMAX. Well, so uh, come on. I, I th- we 
I think we have a vested interest in film being around at least a little bit longer because Tarantino has said in interviews uh, elsewhere and elsewhere. Oh yeah, he's really Mr. Film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Tarantino is the most Mr. Film guy out there, and he said the the day where I can't shoot or distribute a movie on film anymore is the day I'm not making any more movies. And Spielberg has has at least until very recently always adamantly cut. His yeah. movies on film. I don't know if that's still true. He cut Warhorse digitally. Oh uh, yeah, so he's he fell off the wagon. Turncoat. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's been down in front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com/slash downinfront. Facebook downinfront show. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Go to the forum. Involve yourself with the, com- the community. It's freaking awesome. It's great. Please do it. Just if you haven't done it yet, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Come to the forum. It's awesome. Uh, come we'll hang come out. To your house. Yeah, go to the go to the website. Uh, there's a big donate button. We're not asking. We're just saying. But we're saying uh, a lot. So please and uh, buy your shirts. Do that kind of stuff. And leave rate review stuff on iTunes. Uh, have your pets spayed and neutered. Try to use uh, <laughs> wear your seatbelt. Unleaded gasoline for your more recent cars. And if you can get don't, an electric car, don't do that. yell on the intercom. <laughs> anyway. No sex in the champagne room. <laughs> My name is Vinci Christie. Uh, Brian Vinifter. Hi, Scott. Chase Dukes. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. <laughs>